symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, now at episode 118, as we head into the month of March here in 1988 in the World Wrestling Federation, and this week, guys, it's all about the March news and show results. And I said to myself, moving into the month of March, hey, this is going to be a light episode of the Grenade, because, well, there can't be a lot of news to get into heading into WrestleMania season, right? Well, I'd be wrong. Lots of news to jump into here today on the show. So we're going to jump into that in just a couple of minutes, but first, just a friendly reminder that you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows, like the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories currently covering three different projects there on Regional Wrestling, including Georgia 81 with Jamie Ward, the UWF in 86 with Roman Gomez, and now it's Memphis 85 with the likes of Gene Jackson and Steve Crawford sprinkled in as well. You can also listen to the podcast. The Wrestling Stoop, with the wrestling legend himself, Bob Root. Bob goes back in time to his professional wrestling career, talks about all the things going on in the ring, as well as behind the scenes. Bob, not only a wrestler, a former Olympian at that, but a former booker in many different territories. He encountered just about every wrestling legend that you can think of throughout his 20-plus year career around the wrestling business that started back in 1969 and took him all the way through WCW in 1990. And now you can also listen to our upcoming podcast, the Pearl Wrestling Academy, with host Dan Gennetti, the professor of Pearl Resu, if you will. Dan going to take us back in time and teach us here in the English language the history of Japanese professional wrestling. And you can listen to all of those shows and more, all part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met from Apple to Spotify, Pocket Cast, and beyond. And hey, guys, be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Plus, I'm constantly adding old-school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. Just added more than two dozen new posts on social media yesterday, guys. And you guys can go check those out by following me on X, formerly Twitter. You can find me there at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade also. Follow and like me, facebook.com slash wrestling grenade. And hey guys, while you're at it, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. And last but certainly not least, now is a phenomenal time to become a WrestleCopia patron. And you can find me over there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. And I'm talking to you guys about that $5 all-access tier. Get you all sorts of gifts for just 5 bucks, including all of my insanely detailed show notes for every episode of The Grenade Show, plus the Regional Wrestling Podcast and Monday Warfare as well. You'll also get early access here to many of the podcasts as part of the WrestleCopia brand, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Then from there, it's remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show. 
covering the 1989 NWA project includes enhanced sound quality plus new content and conversation never heard before. But that's still not all. You guys will also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure, random bonus video drops, and of course, that Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW events. And stay tuned for news on upcoming video casts here as part of the WrestleCopia brand and Patreon. But as for everything I just mentioned, you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. Five bucks, guys. No subscription. Cancel any time. Show your support. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like all the content that I offer, and every penny of it goes right back here into paying the bills. And I just paid a doozy of a web hosting bill just a few days ago, so I can really use your help now more than ever, because every penny of Patreon goes right back here into funding the WrestleCopia brand. So please, if you can, looking to support that next up-and-coming podcast brand, please consider making it WrestleCopia. And let's keep the podcast network and all of the wonderful shows here up and running for the months and the years to come. And hey, guys, just before we jump into the news here this week, March News 1988 WWF coming around the corner, I want to invite everybody to head over to your your local podcast streaming app, wherever you listen to the WrestleCopia brand shows, whether it's the Grenade, Regional Wrestling, or any and all of the above. If you guys like what I do here, if you like what you hear, please stop by those podcast apps and leave this shows a five-star rating along with a sentence or two about what you like about these programs. It really goes a long way in helping us grow, and I'll be sure to give you a shout-out right here on the program for leaving us some love. And all right, with all of that done, time to jump back into the 1988 project, heading off now to March News here in the World Wrestling Federation. And We talked about this already on TV, but there appears to be a bracket change in the WrestleMania 4 tournament which seemingly enhances the Macho Man's chances of taking it all. Now, you guys know what I'm talking about. We touched on it in the past couple episodes. The first round of the tournament was initially going to start out with Ravishing Rick Rude taking on Jake the Snake Roberts, and that pairing was in the top of the brackets, meaning by the semifinals, one of those two, should they advance all the way through, would have to take on Andre the Giant or Hulk Hogan, should they advance through. Meanwhile, in the bottom of the bracket, it was the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan the winner to go on to take on either Bam Bam Bigelow or the one-man gang, and eventually, likely, the Macho Man in the semifinals. Now, the original plan of this whole tournament, according to Ted DiBiase, and really, which is what makes sense, but this original bracket was, the finals were to see Hulk Hogan take on the Million Dollar Man and DiBiase go over in some way, shape, or form. A lot of people say disqualification, which makes sense. Even with Hogan going to Hollywood, he's not going to do a job, dude. Now, something changed over that week or two since the bracket, the first bracket actually came out, and they flip-flopped the Rude Jake match with the DiBiase-Duggan match, and now DiBiase in the same bracket with Hulk and Andre, meaning he would likely have to meet one of them in the semis, should it come to that. And now it's Rude and Jake Roberts in the bottom of the tournament, winner to meet either the gang or Bam Bam Bigelow. And that leaves the Macho Man wide open to win the bottom bracket, and you likely have to think a heel's going to win the top bracket and the... uh front runner, they're going to be the million dollar man. So it's not rocket science, guys. Now, what really hurt the WWF was in the most recent edition of the WWF magazine, which actually dropped before WrestleMania 4, I I believe a couple weeks before WrestleMania, there's a photo of Miss Elizabeth shopping. And in that photo, there's a little caption. The text reads, Elizabeth, manager of the WWF champion, Randy Macho Man Savage. Could have been a misprint, perhaps. But you got to wonder, Is that a clue or a red herring? 
As we go on, you know, I always go through the Observer for extra notes, input. Soon we're going to be diving into the torch as well. But I thought this was kind of interesting. All of the matches, well, most of the matches now announced for WrestleMania. I, I don't believe we've gotten to the Battle Royal yet here. Spoiler alert, guys, there's a Battle Royal that's going to open up WrestleMania 4. But all of the other matches announced in the month of February here, we already covered them for the pay-per-view. And I went into the Observer and I got Dave's picks for WrestleMania. And they look like this. He thinks Demolition going to walk out the new tag team champions. Brutus Beefcake also going to leave the new Intercontinental Champion. Interesting. And he chooses the team of the British Bulldogs and Coco Beware to exact some revenge for Miss Matilda. Now, when it comes to the Battle Royal, Dave predicted a babyface will win. He also predicts that George the Animal Steel will never get into the ring. Amazing. We'll get to that in just a second. And that the Young Stallions will smile a lot. Dave's final pick for the winner of the Battle Royal is Sam Houston. Says he looks as good a bet as any. And I'm going to get back to this George Steele thing. I think I touched on this earlier back in January, maybe at the house shows when they were doing the Bunkhouse Battle Royals. But George Steele has told the story in the 2000s, back when he was doing some shoot interviews, that he twisted his knee coming down those steps at WrestleMania. And thus, by the time he got to ringside, realized that he shouldn't be getting in the ring. So he stayed on the outside. And that was the story as to why he never got in the ring. And it made sense to me at the time. That's the first time I'd ever heard the story. But after looking for answers since 1988, it was good as any to me. Well, I guess I had never really dove into the Observer results that deeply back in the day, as uh, all it took was a little sifting through a few years back. And I was reading that George Steele was doing the same thing in Battle Royals two months prior to WrestleMania, January 1988, George Steele coming to ringside and refusing to get into the ring. So the question is, did he really tweak his knee once upon a time and thus it kept him out of action all this time? I don't know, because we've seen George Steele in action, if you want to call it that, since that time. Now, they have been squash matches that go about a minute. And of course, matches with Sika that go maybe two minutes. So it's not a whole lot of wrestling for the animal. Maybe just trying to protect the knee if there was an injury at all. Could be kayfabe, guys. I just wanted to point that out, though. We know what's going to happen with George Steele. And that's why Dave Meltzer here before WrestleMania predicting the animal will never get in the ring. That's just his gimmick at this point with the Battle Royals lately. Now, here's the one that really got me. Coming to the Hercules Ultimate Warrior match, Dave's prediction, he predicts that neither man will live to see the age of 50. First of all, I thought that was pretty harsh in any era, but it's also at the same time very scary because Hercules did not live to see the age of 50, and the Ultimate Warrior, I think he got to maybe 54. But just uh, some smarmy Dave there. I wanted to throw that out there for you guys. As we go on, we talked about this a little bit already, as the former WWF champion Bruno Sammartino, who's been doing announcing for quite a while now here in the WWF, has apparently quit the Titan Company to go help promote a 900 wrestling hotline number. It's reported that Bruno was going to make just as much money promoting a hotline number compared to what he was getting paid here to do commentary for superstars. So, and of course, his bitterness also goes back to the fact that David Sammartino, once upon a time, his original run here, was promised a push by Vince McMahon, didn't really come to fruition, and then we get that unplanned submission there. Uh, David Sammartino giving up to Ron Shaw in a bear hug. Unplanned. And I can't remember if that was Boston or Philly. But that was the end of the first run of David Sammartino going into business for himself out there, clearly disgruntled with the company, submitting to a prelim guy on a bear hug. And we didn't see David for quite a while. He reappears here in the fall of 1987, off and on doing house shows. I don't believe he's appeared on TV at all yet, or maybe one match, I can't recall. But 
David San Martino basically do, mostly doing jobs on the house shows on the undercard. Many thought to maybe teach him a lesson and let him earn his way back into the company, but now Father Bruno quits the company, unhappy with the WWF Vince McMahon, and as he goes to promote this 900 wrestling hotline, he gets a call reportedly from Linda McMahon, who told Bruno that he could no longer use the nickname Living Legend in any outside business ventures, because the WWF had already trademarked that name. Now, we'll fast forward here just a few weeks into March, March 9th to be exact, David Sammartino wrestling in Watertown, New York at the high school, when according to newspaper reports, he went after a fan who was heckling him, and David Sammartino gets hold of said fan, throwing him down out of his chair onto the concrete floor. And David winds up getting arrested later that night, but he does get out on bail. And in the initial reports, it's said that his court appearance date was going to be April the 4th. Needless to say, with Father Bruno quitting the company, that's all it took for David Sammartino to be canned as well. David's future bookings immediately canceled with the WWF, so both Sammartino's gone from the company within a week, week and a half of each other. What are the odds? But the funny thing is, a lot of other wrestlers have attacked fans or got into it with the fans, and nothing like this has ever happened to them. What's even weirder is the charges against David are actually dropped the following week. So call it a coincidence, call it whatever you like. The San Martino family name now gone from the World Wrestling Federation here in the month of March 1988. So any chance of Bruno subbing in as a last-minute replacement in that WrestleMania 4 Battle Royal? Not going to happen. Here's another name from the past. Remember last summer, Barry Orton was getting his groove on here in the WWF, starting to come back around, work some shows. And then, boom, got into an automobile accident. I believe it was down in Arizona. And sadly, during that accident, the passenger in Orton's car, a young lady, she died in the accident. And now here's a report here. It says, Barry Orton, now in Madison Street Jail in Phoenix, Arizona. There you go. After being convicted in his recent vehicular manslaughter trial. So vehicular manslaughter. Orton sentenced to six years in prison, but with good behavior, could be out in less than two which is true because I remember Barry popping back up on WWF TV by 1990. Now, ironically, this conviction occurred just as Orton's career was starting to take off, like I said, because after the accident, he leaves the WWF and goes up to Calgary and begins working as the masked Zodiac character up there, getting himself over as a top heel. But unfortunately, Barry could not escape the law. He's going to do a little prison time here, heading into the new decade of the 90s. Here's another report. Jobber Mark Young, who will be appearing on upcoming WWF television, his real name Mark Scarpa, the adopted son of Chief J. Strongbow. So look out for Mark Young and his breakdancing ways. Also, reportedly, the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, jumping Jim Brunzel, have been asked to turn heel. And as we'll see, they're going to run an angle on this March 12th Spectrum show where the Bees are lumberjacks during a Hulk Hogan-Ted DiBiase match. Now, if you go watch this match, you can clearly tell at least one of these Bs are not Brian Blair. The other one, well, the jury's out if that was Jim Brunzel or not. I'm not so sure. Either of these Bs are really the Bs, and what I mean is they're, they're wearing masks, and we're going to get into it more later, but the story in that Lumberjack match is the Million Dollar Man paid off the Bs to turn heel and try to cheat and help DiBiase defeat Hulk Hogan. Now, it doesn't come to fruition, and we'll touch on that more when we get there, but apparently, at least according to the Meltz, the bees have been asked to make that heel turn. Now, whether they really were or not, that's debatable. As we move on into the injury department, we've talked all about it since the beginning of January. Bam Bam Bigelow and that knee injury. Well, apparently he blows out his knee again here, guys. 
at the start of the month of March, and now he's a 50-50 shot at this point at even appearing at WrestleMania. And if Bammer can hang on long enough to compete at the pay-per-view, it's certainly looking like he's going to have to undergo that long-needed knee surgery. Is Titan going to have to put the brakes on the Bam Bam push, which is just unfortunate? And with no wrestling on the house shows for much of the month of April following WrestleMania, the April TV tapings are going to take place right here in the month of March. So lots of spoilers already coming out, as you might imagine, heading into the big pay-per-view. And I won't mention them here. I don't want to spoil anything for you guys who don't remember, or maybe you don't even know. You're just enjoying the ride as we go. But some of the champions are pretty much given away on the new set of tapings, if you know what you're looking for. And new feuds already beginning, guys, including, oh, listen to this one, the Junkyard Dog versus Outlaw Ron Bass, Ken Patera versus Dino Bravo to determine the real strongest man in professional wrestling. Can't wait for that one. Also, okay, we're on the upswing now, Ravishing Rick Rude versus Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, going to be feuding with Andre the Giant. Can't wait to see how we get there. Bam Bam Bigelow and the gang going to continue on. Also, Honky Tonk Man and Beefcake, rematches for the IC title, and also more rematches between Strike Force and Demolition. Now, those aren't all the feuds coming out of WrestleMania. Of course, we know the winner, the, the new WWF champion, going to have his hands full, likely with the, the other man that he wrestles here in the finals of the tournament. And a couple other fun feuds that I won't spoil for you here right now. Things will transpire in the weeks to come. But some of these undercard feuds do not look pretty. Ken Tarantino Bravo, not looking forward to that one at all. I don't really feel like JYD and Bass going to get much play on TV, so not so much worried about that one, but Patera and Bravo, egads. And while there's really no house shows for the first three weeks of April, the WWF is going to go off on a three-day tour of Switzerland and Italy to kick off the month of April. Just a handful of guys going to go over there for a three-day tour in Europe. And then in WrestleMania news, apparently they are canceling several of the closed-circuit sites set for WrestleMania 4 due to poor advanced ticket sales. In fact, at this point, the company line is that closed circuit is a thing of the past, and the future is pay-per-view. Imagine that. Now, here's an interesting note, and I actually only put this in here because Blackjack Mulligan was here in 1987. Remember, he takes off after the TV taping following WrestleMania. They're not doing a whole lot with him by that point. Talking about Sarah Joe Puckett feuding with the outlaw Ron Bass, even though the two never get in the ring. Well, listen to this. This is what's been going on in the life of Blackjack Mulligan over the past, say, nine months. It it says he, he won a legal case in which he was sued for punching a business partner during a 1986 argument. The jury believed Mulligan's side of the story that he was acting in self-defense. Boy, I'd love to see this business partner. In fact, Mulligan's lawyer reportedly was so good in the case that his accuser was quoted as saying that he felt sorry for Blackjack. Now, as in all good court cases, evidence did come out that showed somewhere over the past year, Blackjack Mulligan was driven out of wrestling by a recent heart attack. And, of course, bad business deals. Meltzer reporting that Mulligan currently in such a financial bind that he may lose his house, which would explain the counterfeiting ordeal upcoming in the uh, next year. So sometime after his tenure here in the WWF, it does sound like Blackjack had some sort of a heart attack, at least a mild one. So that's crazy to know. And then I go back, I just recently did an episode of The Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop, and he talks about Mulligan just cold cocking him out of nowhere when he wasn't looking at an indie event somewhere around this point in time. So it sounds like Blackjack just made a, a habit out of going around and clocking people when he felt like it. Nevertheless, he does indeed win the case here. The upcoming counterfeiting situation? Not so much. 
Also in the news, Leaping Lanny Poffo, brother of the macho man Randy Savage, coming out with a book called Wrestling with Rhyme, a poetry book, you might guess, that will be available at your local Walden's bookstore later in the month of April. Bookstores. You don't see those as much anymore. As in this next news piece, we head back to court, guys. David Peschel of Washington, New Jersey, suing Macho Man Randy Savage for more than $1 million, stemming from a 1986 incident, listen to this, when he claims Savage punched and body slammed him in the middle of the road. Peschel claims that he had gotten out of his car at a stoplight and asked Savage for an autograph, Savage in his own car with a lovely Elizabeth. At that point, he says that Macho Man got out of the car, decked him, and slammed him down to the ground. I believe he said there was also a quote in there of Savage stating, how do you like that autograph, or something along those lines. And I won't leave you guys hanging. This suit gets settled out of court later this fall. Also, million-dollar man Ted DiBiase going to be debuting his final finishing hold here in the WWF. The million-dollar dream will begin to take effect on the March 19th TV tapings, which won't air until the month of April. That means the million-dollar dream hold won't make its televised debut until WrestleMania 4. Interesting. As we continue on, it's WWF house cleaning, guys. Lots of names leaving the company right now, including the Iron Sheik. Boy, that was quick, wasn't it? Sheiky baby already gone from the company again. We talked about David Sammartino as well. Also, I missed the uh, removal of Tiger Chung Lee from the house shows and TV tapings. Completely gone. I believe Chung Lee finished up around the end of January, beginning of February. Danny Spivey going to be leaving after the March 15th house show. Spivey continuing to score wins every night over leaping Lanny Poffo, so it sounds like it may have been his choice. Couldn't even make that WrestleMania 4 Battle Royal. Spivey on his way to getting a deal in Japan. We'll also see him pop up for Crockett, Skyscrapers. But for now, Dan Spivey gone from the company. Now, he will reappear in 1995 under the name Waylon Mercy. You know what I mean? Also gone this month, Luscious Johnny V. No longer a manager but he has been working the prelims, mostly doing jobs there on the house shows. Johnny V going to finish up after a loss to Special Delivery Jones here on March the 13th. And speaking of SD Jones, he's going to be in and out during portions of 1988 moving forward and beyond, but he's no longer going to have a full-time gig after that March 13th show where he defeats Johnny V. So SD Jones going to be moving on as well. We will see him pop up from time to time. Also leaving will be Terry Gibbs. Now, he'll continue to make sporadic TV appearances through the summer, but as of February, Terry pulling out of touring on the house shows. So as you can see, lots of the C-show names going away here. S.D. Jones, Johnny V, Terry Gibbs, no longer part of that traveling circuit with the World Wrestling Federation. Again, we will see Gibbs do more jobs here on TV from time to time over the next few months. Also done will be Sika, the Wild Samoan Sika, going to finish up at WrestleMania IV, the big battle royal. And you got to remember, he was on borrowed time anyway. Sika was actually fired back around the end of October of 87 after some sort of an incident that took place on a mini tour over there in Europe for the WWF. But Sika immediately rehired almost the same week because Killer Khan abruptly quits the WWF and retires from the wrestling business altogether. So Sika got an extra six-month run here with the company out of that. Now, it's also reported that Hillbilly Jim is on the bubble. And we will see some gaps for time off here with Big Jim, who may re-aggravate that knee injury from 1985, but he's going to continue to remain on the main roster. So no worries for Big Hill Billy. It's also reported that Outback Jack is on his way out. 
And it does seem like Jack is off the road for most of the month of March here, but he's going to stick around and work the prelims on the house shows into the month of May. But it looks like he only has maybe three TV matches left in April and May. So the Outback Jack experiment, already all but over, his time here in the WWF coming to a close sooner rather than later. Sorry to see you go, mate. No worries, mate. I'm Outback Jack. It's also noted, at least in The Observer, that Craig DeGeorge is rumored to be dropped soon from the company as an announcer. Now that's according to DeMeltz. And we know they're obviously seeking a new face for their upcoming switch from localized promos to the events center. But no worries to George fans, Craig going to stick around through the month of September. Also, I should note the ladies tag team champions jumping bomb angels as well as the glamour girls will indeed be finishing up on March the 20th as the house shows will conclude heading into WrestleMania. And when those final TV tapings take place leading into the month of March, the ladies nowhere to be found on those tapings. So not a whole lot of promise moving forward with this women's tag team division. But I got to admit, besides the ladies, while it sucks to lose a talented prelim guy like a Terry Gibbs, and I'm a big Dan Spivey fan, but the WWF mostly cutting the fat here. Spivey never even made it to WWF TV after his return all the way back in, what was it, September or at least October, unless you count a house show or maybe a prime time. Dan Spivey never made it to syndicated TV. In their world, he didn't even exist. But other than that, you can't really argue the list of names cut here as the WWF doing their best to move away from the old guard. And while we talked about a ton of names leaving the company, there's a couple names headed in, including, wow, listen to this one, Joe the Duke, the Canadian lumberjack Joe the Duke headed in, and he's reportedly going to be managed by Frenchie Martin. And for those of you not familiar with Joe the Duke, do yourselves a favor, head on over to YouTube and look up any of Joe's stuff in the Memphis Territory. From the time he went out on live TV and cut his forearm wide open with an axe, to the time he pressed Jerry the King Lawler out of the ring and onto a ringside table, causing the King perhaps the worst injury of his wrestling career. Well, outside of that heart attack, anyway. And we've already heard it reported at least two, maybe three times by Meltzer over the last several months, that return of Big John Stud keeps getting pushed back. And I do believe Meltzer said the most recent return date was somewhere around the month of March or April here for Stud. But now the Observer reporting that Big John Stud has pushed his Titan return back again. He's not going to be here until the fall. Well, Meltzer, I can't wait till we get to the fall so we can push it back to the Royal Rumble of 1989. But he's coming, guys. I promise you. And that's going to wrap it up here for March News. So it's time to jump into the house show results here for March of 1988 in the WWF. And as always, I encourage you to stop on over to thehistoryofwwe.com. Thanks to the likes of Graham Cawthon and Richard Land. I've done my own digging for results all the way back to the 1980s, but I greatly recommend you guys heading over to the history of WWE and clicking on the year of 1988 in the WWF so you can scroll along with me, look at the results, because I too use that site to fill in my gaps in my results. Great source of results and information there. And you guys can head there now and scroll along with me throughout the month of March. You're going to look at house show results. And as always, we're not going to look at every result here, but we are going to cover most of them heading into the big WrestleMania pay-per-view. And we've only got three weeks to cover here in the house shows because WWF going to go silent on the house show circuit about a week before WrestleMania. Get everybody ready for that big event in Atlantic City. And as we get going, guys, here in the month of March, you guys are going to start to notice a lot of the house shows are going to become more similar, even more so than before. And that's because 
Moving forward, there's going to be a lot of cookie cutter events, lots of the same shows going down multiple nights. There's not going to be as many random and obscure matches, and that's because we're going to be moving over to the event center come, I believe, the month of May here in 1988, and it's going to make things a lot easier on the WWF if they can run one interview and cover a lot of ground. So the WWF starting to streamline their house shows as far as the, the booking goes. It only makes sense with a company this big. Sadly, the localized promo is going to go the way of the Dodo. As uh, we head off now to March results, and we're going to start off at the NADP convention. Not necessarily a house show per se, but for those who don't know, all of the up-and-coming television programs and returning TV programs, all at the NADP convention is trying to sell their stuff. And that would include the WWF, World Wrestling Federation, trying to sell the goods here. At the Nat Peace, taking place at the end of February, beginning of March in 1988, featured our Mean Gene Oakland and Bobby Heenan at the booth, doing live commentary as its ladies tag team champions jumping bomb angels over the Glamour Girls every day. Also, at the Nat Peace were Outlaw Ron Bass, Scott Casey, the Conquistadors, Steve Lombardi, Barry Horowitz, and the Killer Bees. And in case you're wondering, yeah, that's the type of lineup you would get at the Nat Peace, sometimes even even less than that. So, hey, they didn't even know what they were watching, some of the people passing by, and they got themselves some bomb angels over Glamour Girls. But what a misuse. You bring the ladies over from Japan, and you bring them to the Nat Peace. They should be out there performing in front of 10,000 fans. But it's international flavor, pal. I don't want to hear from you right now. There's too much of you in the news. As we roll on to the WWF in Toledo, Ohio at the Sports Arena, March the 4th, Dino Bravo over Ken Patera. Oh no, it's already starting. Also, the Demolition defeating the Rougeau brothers. The Bomb Angels off into singles competition as it's Itsuki Yamazaki over Judy Martin. And then Bomb Angel Norio Tateno defeating Leilani Kai here. Also, Jake the Snake Roberts over Ron Bass on a DQ. The Ultimate Warrior pinning the King Harley Race. And woo, listen to this main event. Eight-man steel cage match. The only way to win? All four men from the same team must exit the cage. And it goes like this. Listen to these teams. Macho Man Randy, Savage, Strike Force, and Sam Houston. Well, that's about the only way he's going to make it to a cage match here in the WWF. That foursome defeating the team of IC champion Honky Tonk Man, Dangerous Danny Davis, and the Hart Foundation. The last two men in the cage, the Macho Man and Honky Tonk, Savage dropping that flying elbow before escaping the cage out over the top. Scoring the win there in Toledo. You know, that wasn't too far for me. I wish I had attended that show. I'd love to have seen an eight-man cage match, especially in the WWF, but maybe it's better I didn't see it. I'm sure my mental picture is all the better in that one. As we go on to the WWF in Scranton, Pennsylvania at the CYC. Also March the 4th. I don't have results, but here's the card. SD Jones versus Steve Lombardi. Hillbilly Jim taking on George Scotland. It's Outback Jack going up against Iron Mike Sharp. Bam Bam Bigelow and Butch Reed. Don Morocco taking on the one-man gang. Killer Bees against the Conquistadors. And the British Bulldogs against the Islanders in the main event there in Scranton. As we roll off, here we go. Lots of repeat pattern coming up here, guys. As we head off now to the West Coast Loop. Well, almost all West Coast Loop are actually going to start in Phoenix, Arizona, March the 4th at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. But the same card, March the 5th, drawing 8,500 fans in San Francisco's Cow Palace. And here's the card. It's Brady Boone over Johnny V. Bad News Brown pinning Scott Casey with the Ghetto Blaster. Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat going to a 20-minute draw. Ladies champion Sensational Sherry over Rockin' Robin. The Bolsheviks defeating the Young Stallions. Midget action Cowboy Lang and Chris Dubee over Little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook. It's Coco Beware defeating Hercules on a DQ. 
Hercules intentionally dropping Coco crotch first across that top rope. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan teaming with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, picking up a win over the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Then from there, off to Irvine, California, March the 5th, a matinee show. The big guns not in town, well, not all of the big guns in town yet for the matinee, so they only draw 500 fans out to see Cowboy Lang and Chris DeBee over Little Tokyo and Little Brook. Brady Boone subbing for Jerry Allen here. Brady Boone picking up a win over Luscious Johnny V. Bad News Brown over Scott Casey. Paul Roma defeating Boris Zukov. Then from there, it's Nikolai Volkov over Jimmy Powers. Ricky Steamboat scoring a win over Hercules on a DQ. Ravishing Rick Rude pinning the Birdman Coco Beware. Ladies Champion Sherry over Rockin' Robin. And in the main event in Irvine, it's the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase pinning his good buddy, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And we'll see a similar show the following day, another matinee show in front of 3,500 fans, uh, way up from the 500 the day before. And this one's going to take place in San Diego at the Sports Arena. Now, a lot of the same card I just talked about, but a little shifting here as the singles matches between the Bolsheviks and Young Stallions turns into a tag team matchup. Bolsheviks over the Stallions, Coco Beware pinning Johnny V, Ricky Steamboat battling Rick Rude to a double countout, and Ken Patero this time defeating Hercules on a DQ. So Hercules keeps getting disqualified every night, apparently dropping his opponents across that top rope crotch first. So look out, Ultimate Warrior there. As we continue on in Los Angeles at the Sports Arena, March the 6th in front of 4,000 fans, it's Brady Boone over Jack Armstrong. I always love when Jack would get used here in the WWF whenever they came to LA. So the wild man, Jack Armstrong, doing a job for Brady Boone there. Ricky Steamboat back to battling Rick Rude to a draw. Ken Patera over Hercules on a DQ again. Sherry over Rockin' Robin. Bolsheviks defeating the Young Stallions. Bad News Brown pinning Scott Casey. It's the Birdman, Coco Beware, defeating Luscious Johnny V. And Hulk Hogan back for the evening show, teaming with Hacksaw Jim Duggan once more. And they score a win over the Million Dollar Man and his bodyguard, Virgil. As we are off next to the Boston Gardens, Boston, Massachusetts, March the 5th, televised on the New England Sports Network, included Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary, as Steve Lombardi going to score a upset win of sorts over Special Delivery Jones inside Cradle. Also, Dangerous Danny Davis pinning Sam Houston. Houston taking a flying leap at Davis, the Dangerous one smartly out of the way. Houston crashing over the top rope all the way out to the floor. Danny Davis going to suplex him back inside and pick up a, a, a relatively clean win there for Dangerous Danny. And given the position that Danny Davis is in right now, that doesn't say a whole lot for Sam Houston's push moving forward. As we continue on, Demolition with Mr. Fuji scoring a win over the Rougeau brothers. The Ultimate Warrior pinning the King Harley race. Listen to this finishing sequence. Who said the Warrior couldn't do a wrestling move, a pro wrestling move? Harley race trying to suplex the Warrior back in the ring from the apron. Warrior actually going to slide over top of race, land on his feet, and execute a reverse rolling cradle to pin the King. Now, that says a lot for both sides. First, the Warrior able to perform that maneuver, but Harley Race not going to go down to the Warrior's finisher. Also on the card in Boston, Dino Bravo defeating a ridiculously jacked up David Sammartino here with the patented side suplex. Now, David, not long for this. We talked he's going to be gone here. Uh, I believe he's going to finish up in just a few days' time. But David Sammartino, at least one match we know of that exists out there in footage now, Dino Bravo defeating a, again, ridiculously jacked up David Sammartino here. He looked the part of a WWFer, but it just wasn't meant to be. Also on the card, Jake the Snake Roberts downing the outlaw Ron Bass on a count out. And this is a fun one because Gorilla Monsoon going to interview Bass before the match, and they get into it verbally 
Bass picking a fight with Gorilla Monsoon. And boy, I would have loved to have seen that. Also on the card, ladies tag team champions Jumping Bomb Angels, still here, defeating the Glamour Girls. And in the main event, the Steel Cage match. We've been talking about it since February. It's been just about everywhere on the house shows. And now it comes to Boston. The six-man cage match involving the Macho Man and tag team champion Strike Force taking on the trio of Jimmy Hart's Hart Foundation and the Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man. And right now we're going to hear a slew of promos from both teams. Okay, in two weeks we return to the Boston Garden Great World Wrestling Federation action on Saturday, March the 5th. Honky Tonk Man and the Hart Foundation will join me. We'll get their thoughts on the big main event of the 15-foot high steel cage at the Boston Garden. Also on this card, King Harley Race will take on the Ultimate Warrior and Jake the Snake. And Outlaw Ron Best, part of the action. Many more matches to come to the Boston Garden in two weeks. March the 5th, though, is the date, 8 p.m. Hart Foundation involved in this big six-man tag, along with the Honky Tonk Man. Let's get your thoughts. Well, you're a co- yeah. what? well you're a college man, aren't you? You've been to school. Yes, huh? sir. Do you see this cage? Do you see the well, middle yeah. on here? Do you see how filthy and rotten the scum is formed upon that metal? Well, that's the exact same disease that Macho Man and his little group, the Strike Force, have. People say we're afraid, <laughs> but we aren't. We're not afraid. <laughs> You're not afraid of this one? No, we aren't. Let me tell you something right now. It's all come down to this. It's come down to this, a steel cage in the big one. The biggest match of them all, the sickest match of them all, steel cage match with the Hart Foundation and the Honky Tonk Man against the Strike Force and Randy, not Macho Man Savage. And let me what? tell you something, we could not have picked three better guys to put in a steel cage. Because you know what's going to happen to you in a steel cage? You know what can Hart happen? Careers end in steel cages. Careers end. Honky Tonk Man, of course, is the most dangerous of all. I know uh, you, that. You I'm, have I'm well aware of what's the most dangerous thing in professional wrestling. We all know it's a 15-foot high steel cage. We all know that someone could be injured. And we all know that when you get injured, you can't defend your title. You can't, you can't go out and wrestle in other matches around the country. And if the Honky Tonk Man can't defend his title, then I have to give it up. And I know the strike force, and I know Randy Macho Man Savage wants to hurt the honky-tonk man. And the only way to hurt me is put me inside a cage. And I'm well aware of the danger. But when it gets dangerous, the honky-tonk man's at his best. And Randy Macho Man Savage, with the help of the Hart Foundation, the strike force goes out over the uh, top we'll of the cage. Find out. We'll hold we'll you find up. Out. And March we'll the 5th, 8 p.m. Boston Garden. PM, we return with Great World Wrestling Federation action, and what a card. Now, six-man tag team, Randy Macho Man Savage, you yeah. will be here, teaming up with Strike Force. Absolutely fantastic observation mm. on your part. Yeah. And I'm talking 15-foot high steel cage, the opportunity of a lifetime, yeah, to not only get the Heart Foundation in there, but you, Honky Tonk Man, talking about the final chapter, talking about the Boston Gardens, yeah. And this opportunity, I wasn't going to let slip through my fingers, yeah. I didn't go to the bottom of the barrel. I went to the top of the heap. Yeah, I went and got the hottest tag team in the world today. Hold on to your chairs, chicks out there. Yeah, because I'm bringing in Rick Martell. Yeah, and Tito Santana. Yeah, baby. Real, 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 real important Rick Martell. Talking about the six-man steel cage in the Boston Garden. Uh Uh-huh. That's Uh right, that's right. You know, everybody said, you know, they thought it was a little bizarre on the strike force part, you know, to agree right away, you know, when Macho Man asked us to, to do battle with him in that cage match, the most 
dangerous match in professional wrestling against such people as Honky Tonk Man and Heart Foundation. But you see, we're fu- we're fed up. We have it up to here with the Heart Foundation about talking trash while we're still the champions. And we're fed up to see three-on-one on Macho Man. Believe me, it's not going to happen. We're going to be there All to right, take Rick, care of Sounds like I you're fired up as well. Either. Even though it's in a 15-foot eye steel cage, and we know that, well, you have to have some reservations about that. And we know that somebody's going to get hurt in this steel cage, Craig. You know what gets us the sickest of all is that Honky Tonk talking about the fact that after the cage match is over, cage match is over, things will be settled. Elizabeth will see who the real man is. They will take care of Savage, and he will walk away with Elizabeth. Ain't no way. Well, I guarantee you one thing: we see things a little different, and we're coming to hurt somebody. That includes All you, right, Heart right, Foundation. Right, right. Macho Man against Honky Tonk, the Heart Foundation, on March the fifth at the Boston Garden. And on March the fifth next weekend, 8 p.m. at the Boston Garden. The main event will be a six-man tag in a 15-foot eye steel cage. Randy Macho Man Savage and Strike Force are teaming up to take on the Honky Tonk Man, to take on the Heart Foundation, and that fine six-man tag team matchup. And now only a, a week away, Jim the Anvil Minot, from the matchup at the Boston Garden. Well, I know you've been to college, yeah. son, but have you ever seen your mom in the kitchen use a Vegematic? What? Have you ever seen her use a slicer dicer? Yeah, I don't know what you're getting <laughs> do you to, know, but again. Do you know what's the kind of salad they serve on, like on Thanksgiving with all the carrots and yeah. celery and tomatoes and everything all chopped up ow, and diced up? Grated <laughs> cheese? Strike-o-matic! <laughs> Slice them and dice them! <laughs> all right, Brother Hitman Hart. The Hart Foundation, the Honky Tonk Man, are very well prepared for this match. Now, we we are ready to settle this whole thing once cage, because I couldn't make three better guys in the strike force and Macho Man. And I just want to know one thing. What's that? What's it going to be like when you take Randy Savage's head and you run against the steel cage? What's going to happen then, huh? What's going to happen with the strike force when you kick their teeth down their throat? What's going to happen then? Because that's what's going to happen, because they pushed us too far this time. They pushed us too far, buddy. I think anybody who's a fan of the World Wrestling Federation likes the matchup. Honky Tonk Man, you've got a personal... Would, they, would the people in Boston put a steel cage around a basketball goal so Larry Bird couldn't do his thing? That's so Larry not Bird could not perform to the fullest? Well, that's what they want to do to the Honky Tonk Man. They don't want the Honky Tonk to sing. They don't want me to dance. They don't want me to play my guitar. And they don't want the Honky Tonk Man to ever wrestle again because this is the most dangerous match I've ever been in. And I know what Randy Savage is wanting to do to me. And I know what the Strike Force are trying to do. But it won't All right, Honky Tonk Heart Foundation, next weekend, March the 5th, 8 p.m. We'll see you there. Nobody's putting me in a cage. Now the six-man event in a steel cage, Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation. Against my guests at this time, part of the team, Strike Force, Tito Santana and Rick Martell. You know something, Craig, about a six-man cage match? The winning team will be the one that gets out of the cage the first. And the Hart Foundation will be seeing too that Honky Tonk is going to get out of that cage. But the Strike Force doesn't make too many promises, Honky Tonk, but we're going to make one to oh. everyone here in Boston. You will not get out of this cage, Honky Tonk, because you got some dues to pay, baby. You know, there's no doubt that when you go into such a man, a six-man cage match, you have to go in there with a different frame of mind altogether. You know, you have to go in there, I'd say, you know, a, a little crazy. And, you know, when we talk about craziness, you know, here's the man that wrote the book about craziness. Here's the man off the wall, and Strike Force, by hanging around with him, is starting to rub it up on us. Yeah. Are right, you talking about some revenge opportunities? 
Certainly the heart foundation for Strike Force, and I gotta look at Honky Tonk and you as a big battle. Well. I got you, man, here in the exact middle of the danger zone, yeah, 15-foot high steel cage, uh-huh. Rick Martell, you ready, aren't you yes. ready? Yes, oh yeah. Ready, ready, ready. ready. Tito Santina, are you ready, man? We're I'm been ready, baby. Okay, we're talking ready, yeah. The wildest six-man tag ever in a steel cage. Uh-huh. The World Wrestling Federation's gonna take three steps backwards and four steps to the side when they see what I do to the honky-tonk man. I've had a promise from the Strike Force that I'm gonna get you, man. Yeah, I'm gonna get you real, real, real I bad. Like I'm gonna get you real, real, real All bad. All right, Macho oh, Man's a team ready? with Strike Force and a 15-foot eye steel cage next weekend, March the 5th, 8 p.m. at the Boston Garden. All right, tonight's tonight, folks. Boston Garden, 8 p.m. Big World Wrestling Federation card. And as you know, that six-man tag and a 15-foot high steel cage will pit Randy Macho Man Savage and Strike Force against my guests, the Honky Dog Man Heart Foundation. We'll talk about it in one moment. Also on this card, among the great matches, Outlaw Ron Bass, Jake the Snake Roberts, King Harley Race, and the Ultimate Warrior tonight at 8 p.m. at the Boston Garden downtown. Now... Here they are, the Honky Tonk Man, Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Night Hart, and tonight at 8 p.m., you'll be in a 15-foot ice Shut up! <laughs> you know, today, this afternoon, I was hanging around the Boston Gardens, I saw a group of kids, and they were being chased by the police. They were running, they were running so fast, it was unbelievable, and they, they hit a case like this, they had to climb over a steel case just like this in order to escape the police, and bam, those kids shot right up there and escaped the police. They were trying to get into the matches. <laughs> it gave me an inspiration, I'll tell ya. It gave me a real true inspiration. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah, I've been listening to the Strike Force. I've been listening to... You know what? what? They're actually hoping that Macho Man's weirdness is gonna rub off on them and that that is actually gonna help them in a steel cage match. Are you kidding me? Well, I think it's gonna give them a different... Are you kidding me? Being weird isn't gonna it. help you in a steel cage match. It's not rubbing off on nothing. This is the toughest match of them all. It's going to come down to this with the Heart Foundation. We are pros. We know how to handle ourselves in a steel cage. And tonight we're going to show you. In a few hours, in fact. In just a few hours. Man. I said it before and I'll say it again. This is not the way. This is not the way for the honky-tonk man to try to settle any score with anybody. I like to sing. I like to dance. I like to play my guitar. I like to entertain my fans in Boston. Yeah, they're putting me in a cage. I say put me because I don't want to be in it. I don't want to go in any kind of cage because I can't perform to my fullest. You could probably I can't do out. my thing. I can't do the thing I want to do. But after it's all over, I'm going to give my fans exactly what they want. I'm going to take Macho Man Randy Savage and I'm going to rub his face on this steel cage where Elizabeth won't like him anymore. She won't even want to see him anymore. And then I'm going to take him to the top and all dump right, him over I like think garbage. We've heard enough. Heart Foundation Hockey Talk, man. Tonight, Boston Garden. I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Don't miss it. All right, we've been talking about this one for several weeks. And tonight, tonight, March the 5th, 8 p.m., is the big night of the Boston Garden. A 15-foot high steel cage for that big main event. A six-man tag. More in one moment on that one. As you may know, the ultimate warrior exciting man of strength and a newcomer here in the world wrestling federation will be here tonight at the boston garden to take on king harley race also jake the snake roberts and damien to meet the outlaw ron bass mitch betsy as well tonight march the 5th 8 p.m tito santana and rick martell it has come down to this a 15 foot high steel cage to decide it against the honky-tonk man and the heart foundation your final thoughts as you prepare for the big match well you know craig 
You know, last week I talked about how you had to go into a cage match with a different frame of mind. You know, strike force and macho man, now we get into that, you know, we get tired, we get fed up, and I'll tell you what, we get crazy, a lot crazy, because we have to be crazy to go into a match dangerous, as dangerous as a cage match. Imagine if you were on top of that cage and, you know, some guy would, you know, hit you over the head and you fall all the way down to ringside on the floor. You know, we have a lot at stake, our career is at stake, but we don't care because we know that in a cage match, scores get settled, and that's what we want. All right, Tito Santana, that drop you're talking about, Rick Martel, could be 20, 25 feet if you do make it to the top and then get knocked That's down. right, Craig. You know, a lot has been said in the last few weeks, but we're through talking, baby. Right. We are coming to settle things once and for all. And yes, you honky-tonk, you're still the man we're after. We are going to keep our promise to Savage, and I guarantee you, in a few hours, everything will be settled, baby. All right, tonight yeah. at 8 p.m., let's get the macho man, Randy Savage, in here for some thoughts about tonight's matchup. Tonight is the night where Elizabeth understands and sees that the honky-tonk man is just a bumbling idiot. Yeah, and I'm talking, uh, yeah, Heart Foundation, move out of the way, yeah, because there's no space like this space in the Boston Garden, yeah. The time is now, yeah. If not us, who, if not now, when? But I'm saying from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet, from my nose to my toes, that I'm going to get you all right tonight in the most dangerous match of it all, 8 p.m. at the Boston Garden. We'll see you there. These promos are great. Go check them out if you can on YouTube. They're talking behind the old chain link fence. Great localized promos that we're not going to get very much longer. So I love the visual. It was great to see the WWF still doing that here in 1988. As we head off to the main event now, it is the Macho Man and Strike Force defeating the trio of the Hearts and Honky Tonk Man here at a steel cage in Boston Garden. The finish sees it comes down to the Macho Man versus two Honky Tonk Man and the Hitman, Bret Hart. Hart able to escape the cage, and it's down to two Honky climbing over the top of the cage, but Savage able to catch him just in the nick of time, bring him back in. Honky going to take a bump off the top rope, crotch first onto the top rope, and it's legal here, Hercules. So Honky down and out in the ring and Savage able to escape the cage for the baby faces to go over here in a surprisingly underwhelming short matchup. Eight minutes here inside the steel cage in Boston as we continue on to Tampa, Florida, the Sun Dome. Also March the 5th on the card, Danny Spivey over Leaping Lanny Poffo, Killer Bees defeating the Conquistadors, George the Animal Steel over Sika. The British Bulldogs battled the Islanders. It was Valentine and Beefcake. And in the main event, Bam Bam Bigelow and Don Morocco picking up a victory over Butch Reed and the one-man gang. Now, someone out there let Richard Land know to correct this one. I think on his Sundome results, it says Bigelow in Morocco versus Butch Reed in Morocco. We all know Morocco can't be on both sides of the same matchup. It should be the one-man gang there. As we roll on, a trio of events, all with the same outcomes here. We're talking Bennington, Vermont at the Mount Anthony Union High School. March the 7th, on March the 8th, Burlington, Vermont at the Memorial Auditorium, and March the 9th, Watertown, New York. That's the uh, situation with David San Martino. We'll get back into that in just a second. They're there in Watertown at the high school gym, and on the card, Steve Blackman, every night. Yes, that's Steve Blackman, the future lethal weapon, about no, almost 10 years later. Steve Blackman here in the WWF in 1988, taking on David San Martino. Now, it's reported that San Martino scored the win the first two nights, but on the final night in Watertown, Steve Blackman goes over, and I'm not really sure if that's accurate or what the situation is, but that's also the night, March the 9th, when San Martino gets into it with the fan, 
and we never see David again here in the WWF. Also on the card, it was supposed to be the Iron Sheik taking on SD Jones. Now, most I don't have the uh, the actual results here, but most nights Johnny V was filling in for the Sheik. I don't know if that was the case here. I do know that it's the Hart Foundation over the Rougeau brothers, ladies tag team champions, Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls, Danny Davis again scoring a win over Sam Houston, Ultimate Warrior taking on Dino Bravo. Don't have a result for that one, guys. But uh, that's it. That's the entire card there as they hit up some of the smaller cities, smaller venues there. It looks like the main event would have been Warrior and Dino Bravo in March of 88. But that's all right. We roll on to Nashville, Tennessee, the Municipal Auditorium, March the 7th. A sellout crowd of 10,000, though Meltzer says heavily papered. I don't know about that. But it's a Saturday night's main event taping, which will air March the 12th on NBC. So we'll save those matches for two weeks' time here on The Grenade. Going to cover the Saturday night's main event at length. But for now, we're going to look at some of the other matches that took place as part of those tapings. Some matches, dark matches, other ones will actually air on Primetime Wrestling. And we're going to look at those right now. Off to some of the matches taped for Primetime. Going to air April the 4th, Bad News Brown over Brady Boone. April the 11th, The Rock, Don Morocco, now with manager superstar Billy Graham. Don Morocco going to defeat the natural Butch Reed. See, guys, Butch Reed will make an appearance after WrestleMania 4 on World Wrestling Federation programming. Also, April the 18th on primetime, it's going to be the Junkyard Dog battling the Mighty Hercules to a double disqualification. Other matches as part of those SNME tapings, it's the British Bulldogs defeating Demolition, Young Stallions over the Bolsheviks, Coco Beware defeating Ron Bass on a countout, Jake the Snake Roberts pinning IC champion Honky Tonk Man in a non-title match. Hacksaw Jim Duggan battling Rick Root to a double countout. And in the main event of the night, Andre the Giant pinning Bam Bam Bigelow. But let's just go back quickly to one match here. Bulldogs defeating Demolition by pinfall. And we'll see that a lot moving forward here in the month of March. And you might be asking me, Ray, why now? Why is Demolition doing a job now heading into WrestleMania where they get their tag team title shot? Well, guys, I'm not the WWF, but their logic in booking was whenever somebody was going to get a belt, they tend to job the month prior on the house shows. I guess they feel nobody's really seeing it, so it's not doing any harm, and it helps bolster someone else up the roster since the guy doing the job is going to be a champion here before too long. And wait until you see who some of the teams are that Demolition loses to here in the month of March. You can't say that they weren't team players. As we move on to Bristol, Tennessee, Viking Hall, March the 8th. It's a set of wrestling challenge tapings. And these episodes are going to air from March the 20th through April the 3rd. So they're actually going to take us through WrestleMania 4 and the following week as well. In a dark matchup, it's Owen Hart. You heard me right. Owen Hart here pinning Barry Horowitz with a diving headbutt off the top rope. Now this match actually out there on that WWE unreleased DVD set that covered some of the dark matches from 86 to 95. Owen Hart over Barry Horowitz as he prepares for a run here as the Blue Blazer, also part of these challenge tapings. Primetime Wrestling going to air March the 21st. Hercules defeating Scott Casey, also airing on Primetime March the 21st. It's Junkyard Dog pinning George Petrasky, the future Russian brute, or maybe he is by now. Also going to air April the 2nd on Spotlight. George the Animal Steel defeating Boris Zukov on a DQ after interference from Nikolai Volkov. Again, airing on Spotlight April 2nd. Coco Beware pinning John Ziegler with the Ghostbuster. And then from there, Primetime Wrestling, April the 11th, we're going to see Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase defeat Alden Kinsey. Still using that back elbow here for these challenge tapings. Ted DiBiase dropping that elbow off the middle rope to pick up that win. Also here on the challenge tapings, 
It was Jim Duggan taking on the one-man gang. Boy, I've seen that a lot lately on regional wrestling. We got 86 UWF, but we'll get back here to 88 in the World Wrestling Federation as it's still the Bulldogs taking on the Islanders. Macho Man teaming with Brutus the Barber Beefcake to meet the duo of Greg the Hammer Valentine and IC Champion Hockey Talk Man. How about that? You don't see a lot of Macho Beefcake tag team matches, and they're taking on the future Rhythm and Blues here. Also, another tag team match scheduled for this challenge taping. Don't have results, but you can bet the team of Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow pick up the win over Andre the Giant and the Million Dollar Man as we continue on to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Wow, invading Crockett country. Superstars taping March the 9th in front of a sellout of 9,000 fans. Boy, just walking right in there. And these set of Superstars tapings going to air between the weeks of March the 19th and April 2nd on WWF TV. And in a dark match, Todd Champion, yes, the future Patriot in WCW, Todd Champion, who was a pretty big boy, had some good height there, but very green still if you go watch his job matches for the NWA around this time. But nevertheless, Todd Champion picking up a win here over Barry Horowitz to start off the night. And it looks like we've got three matches here, all scheduled to air on the March 21st primetime episode. Going to see the Killer Bees defeat the Conquistadors. The Bees getting a little upset with the Conquistadors' constant cheating. They're switch a Rue gimmick with the mask, so the Killer Bees do the same. They don the bee masks, and they score the win after a little mask confusion there. Also on primetime, Greg Valentine over Leaping Lanny Poffo with the figure four, and Kent Patera getting his revenge on Tom Stone, scoring a win with the full Nelson. For those who don't recall, it was Tom Stone Kent Patera was wrestling last summer when he tore his tricep, or bicep, or whatever it was. As we continue on, also taped here in Winston-Salem to air on All-American April the 3rd, Outlaw Ron Bass defeating, well, Reno Riggins. Welcome to the WWF. Bass going to score the win after that Texas Gord Buster, his version of the pedigree. Also in dark matches, one-man gang over Jake Roberts on a countout. Hercules defeating Owen Hart with a submission using the torture rack. I don't know about you, but that sounds like it could have been fun. Hercules and Owen Hart. Owen had a knack for making some of the bigger guys look really good. Also, it was Randy Savage and Brutus Beefcake over Honky Tonk Man and Valentine on a DQ. Valentine caught using Honky's guitar as a weapon there. Rick Rude battling Ricky Steamboat to a draw. And in the main event of the night, Hulk Hogan again teaming with Bam Bam Bigelow to pick up a victory over Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase. Hogan scoring the win with the leg drop over the Million Dollar Man. Boy, the Hulkster going to go over all the way out on his way to Hollywood as we go on. You know, I was talking about Cookie Cutter Arena results. Well, we're about to get there right now, guys. It's seven cities over eight nights here. Same results. And it goes like this. March the 10th, Colorado Springs, Colorado at the City Auditorium. In front of 2,000 fans there. El Paso, Texas. Civic Center on March the 12th. March the 13th, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Tingley Coliseum. 2,151 fans. Clovis, New Mexico at the high school. March the 14th. Lubbock, Texas. Civic Center. March the 15th. 800 fans. Wichita Falls, Texas, at the Midwestern State University on March the 16th, also drawing reportedly around 800. And finally, Tyler, Texas, at Harvey Hall on March the 17th. And based on some of those drawing numbers, you may guess not exactly the A show here, but the same card every night, and it goes like this. Hillbilly Jim over Sika, the Samoan. JYD defeating Bad News Brown on a DQ. Bad News caught using a steel chain. That's a little bit different for the WWF. Also on the card every night, Dangerous Dan Spivey over Leaping Lanny Poffo with that belly-to-belly suplex. Remember Rick Rude now using the Hangman's Neckbreaker as the Rude Awakening, so Spivey had to pivot to the belly-to-belly here for the last couple of months, and Spivey on his way out. He actually may finish up after this 
set of matches, but uh, it's Dangerous Danny Davis pinning Sam Houston. The Rougeau brothers defeating Demolition. Every night, the Rougeau brothers, who have lost to every team in their path, are finally picking up wins here over Axe and Smash as they ready to become tag team champions. Also on the card every night, it's the Ultimate Warrior scoring a win over King Harley Race. Except for one night, it's reported in Colorado Springs on March the 10th, Warrior beats Race by forfeit. So I'm assuming that means the King either never gets in the ring or never made it to the town. Also every night here on this loop, it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Ron Bass on a countout in the main event every night. Hacksaw Jim Duggan scoring a win in 18-man Bunkhouse Battle Royals. Tough guy. And the cookie-cutter routine going to continue on as we've got five shows over four days here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the Arena on March the 10th, 4,500 fans. Omaha, Nebraska at the Civic Auditorium on March the 11th. March the 12th, Chicago, Illinois at the Rosemont Horizon. Then from there, March the 13th, Matinee Show. Cincinnati, Ohio at the Riverfront Coliseum. Then they're going to head up north to Pontiac, Michigan, heading back to the Silverdome, site of WrestleMania 3 just a year ago, the WWF back in the Silverdome, March the 13th, for this house show. Similar results every night, a couple of changes throughout, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Now, every night it was supposed to be David San Martino taking on Barry Horowitz, but after March the 9th, we know David no longer with the company. So, on March the 10th, well... We don't have a replacement yet, so his opponent, Barry Horowitz, doesn't seem like he wrestles. However, moving forward, March the 11th through the 13th, every night, it is Scott Casey subbing for David Sammartino. Casey going over Barry Horowitz every night there on that loop. Also, every night, Young Stallions over Conquistadors, Ladies Champion Sherry defeating Rock and Robin, Ravishing Rick Rude over Ken Patera? Ugh. Jake the Snake Roberts battling Hercules to a draw, except for the Silverdome. Hercules, not there. Not sure if he's injured that night. Not sure if he doesn't make it. Kind of odd because he was in Cincinnati earlier in the day. So maybe a minor injury there for Hercules. I'm just speculating, guys. But Rick Rude having to do double duty at the Silverdome because Jake Roberts going to battle ravishing Rick Rude to a double countout. Also on the card every night, the Islanders over the British Bulldogs on a DQ. Bulldogs continue to get caught using that invisible dog leash. Bobby Heenan bringing him to ringside. The Bulldogs getting a hold of it, losing their cool using it on the Islanders, and you'd think after this happens multiple nights, they'd stop using it. But that's just not how it works here on the house shows in the World Wrestling Federation. And in the main event every night here on this four-night tour, it's the Macho Man again teaming with Strike Force to defeat the Honky Tonk Man and Heart Foundation inside a steel cage. And I do believe those were the A-show house show lineups over that course of dates. Now we're going to move on to the B-show lineups throughout that time period. Four shows over a six-day span here I have results for, including March the 10th, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, the Cambria County War Memorial, March the 11th in Hershey, Pennsylvania, Hershey Park Arena, March the 13th, matinee show in London, Ontario, London Gardens, and March the 15th, a similar show also ran in Buffalo, New York at the Memorial Auditorium. And the results look like this each and every night here as part of this B show. It's Special Delivery Jones over Luscious Johnny V. Johnny V actually going to finish up here. March the 13th, his final night with the company, as is S.D. Jones, at least on the full-time house show circuit. Now, every night on the card, it was Bolsheviks over Killer Bees, Dino Bravo defeating Coco Beware with the side suplex, ladies tag team champion Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls, Brutus Beefcake scoring a win over Greg Valentine on a DQ, Valentine caught using Jimmy Hart's megaphone there, Million Dollar Man pinning George the Animal Steel. So that's what we're doing with Ted DiBiase leading into WrestleMania, huh? 
Also in the main event every night, it was Don Morocco and Bam Bam Bigelow scoring a win over the one-man gang and the natural Butch Reed inside a steel cage, guys. Now, except for in London, Ontario, that match was just a straight-up tag team matchup, but every night, the babyface is going over Morocco and Bigelow over Reed and the gang as we continue on March the 12th, Landover, Maryland at the Cap Center. 8,500 fans out to see SD Jones over Johnny V. Now, remember, their final match is on the 13th, and Landover the day before March the 12th. They're still alive and kicking on the house shows. It's also Dino Bravo over Coco Beware, the Bolsheviks defeating Killer Bees, Andre the Giant scoring a pinfall win over Bam Bam Bigelow. Ladies Tag Team Champions, Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls, Brutus Beefcake, again defeating Greg Valentine on a DQ, Don Morocco and George Steele here in Landover. It's George Steele teaming with the Rock Don Morocco. We'll actually see one of those matches, I believe, on primetime. Not exactly pretty. And they're going to pick up a win here over the gang and Butch Reed. Also on the card, Hulk Hogan pinning the bodyguard Virgil accompanied to the ring by the Million Dollar Man. So the Hulkster here in Landover picking up a victory over Virgil. As we roll on to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Jamie Ward country, and the Spectrum on March the 12th in front of 10,731 fans, televised on the Prism Network, featuring Dick Graham and Craig DeGeorge on commentary. Now, remember last month, the Spectrum show took place the day after the main event, the day after Ted DiBiase became the WWF champion, or so we thought at that point in time. And it was announced at that Spectrum show that tonight we would see Ted DiBiase defend that WWF title against Hulk Hogan. Well, bad news is Jack Tunney stripped DiBiase of that belt. Good news is we're still going to get the match. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, let's go back in time and let's hear a very rare promo from the Million Dollar Man. All right. Hi again, Philadelphia. We're going to be back out at the Spectrum Saturday night, March the 12th. We've got an 8 p.m. start at a tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. I say a tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. After Friday night, February the 5th in Indianapolis at Market Square Arena, things I don't think will ever quite be the same. Virgil, come on in. Virgil, I guess the million dollar man is lucky. At least he's going to have you in his corner. He certainly is not going to have Andre the Giant. Lucky. Ted DiBiase. Lucky. I don't think my luck's been running very good lately. Do you, Oakland? Wait a minute. Let me explain. Andre the Giant has been barred. He will not be in the spectrum here on the 12th of March when you meet Hulk Hogan. So that's just one more thing, Jack Tunney, that you've done to try and get me out of here. It looks like I've done a little more than just intimidate a few people. Number one, that belt should be around my waist, and everybody, including you, Hogan, knows that that's a fact. Andre did exactly what I asked him to do. He delivered. And then they bring out this rule book, and they switch everything around, and they make a nice little package so that the belt's held up. Well, I'd have thought after the last time... In the spectrum, Hulk Hogan, you'd have had enough of me because I beat you from pillar to post. So Andre's barred. Well, that's fine. It's just you and me, Hulk Hogan. You and me. And there's not going to be a belt at stake. It's just your pride and the million-dollar man in the ring. Can, can, can I ask a question, Ted DiBiase? Go right ahead. I think it's the question I've been asked by literally hundreds around the country this past week. The two referees, Dave Hebner one, Dave Hebner two. Did you have anything to do with that? Did was there I a plastic surgeon involved? Was there anything else? You want to know? Money? Ask Hogan! Hogan's the one that bought that little weasel. He bought him so he'd run out there and confuse the entire issue. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened, and you know it, Hogan. That's why all of this has come to pass. That's why the belt's not here. But in the spectrum, on March the 12th, I'm going to have to prove again what I should have 
proven and everybody should already know that the Million Dollar Man is not only the richest athlete in professional wrestling, but I am the most talented. You hear that, you 320-pound musclehead? That's all you are. That's all you are, and I'm going to prove it in Philadelphia. Thank you very much. A very, very upset Ted DiBiase to meet Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant has been fired from the building on the 12th at the Spectrum. So Teddy thought he was rolling into Philly, the champion, going to defend it here against the Hulkster, but it was simply not meant to be as we continue on March the 12th. Remember, SD Jones over Johnny V still here. Ladies Tag Team Champions Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. Dino Bravo pinning Coco Beware. It was Bam Bam Bigelow and Rock Don Morocco over the one-man gang in Butch Reed. Killer Bees scoring a win over the Bolsheviks this time around. Valentine over Beefcake on a DQ yet again. And in the main event, no longer a championship match, but it is Hulk Hogan pinning Ted DiBiase in a lumberjack match. And this is that infamous match that was on Coliseum video, guys. If, when you were a kid, if you ever rented those videos, you remember this match at the lumberjack match with those masked killer bees at ringside. The, the questions I had as a kid as the bees, seemingly the bees, attempt to cheat during this matchup and aid the Million Dollar Man in picking up a victory here over Hulk Hogan tripping up the Hulkster as he's looking to go for that leg drop at one point. Post-match, Hogan going to bring the Bees into the ring after the Hulkster scores the pin, I should point out. And Hogan taking it to both of these quote-unquote killer Bees before he finally gets hold of one of them and rips off the mask to reveal a second mask. As that killer Bee goes running away like a thief in the night, Craig DeGeorge selling it here on commentary, this can't be the real killer Bees. And I assure you guys that at least one of them Definitely was not, and I'm pretty sure the other wasn't either. But this goes back to that rumor in The Observer. Did Vince McMahon and company approach the Killer Bees about turning heel? Was this meant to portray the Killer Bees and they just simply weren't in the town? I don't know that this question has ever been answered. Very curious to find out who were under these bee masks. A million dollar man pinning somebody off. Well, we have twin Hepners, now we have four Killer Bees. That's all we need. As we continue on to Hamilton, Ontario, Cops Coliseum, March the 13th, 15,000 fans. And this show was recorded. Several of the matches make air, including Craig DeGeorge and Nick Bockwinkle on commentary. And we were supposed to see the Bomb Angels and Glamour Girls split up in the singles competition. And we get that, kind of here, as it's Norio Tateno defeating Leilani Kai with their respective partners in their corner. However, we do not get the Judy Martin-Yamazaki match we were promised. We continue on here, though. Oh, I stand corrected. This is the evening card. The matinee show, March the 13th, was in London, Ontario. The evening show, Hamilton, Ontario. So we get one final time, SD Jones over Luscious Johnny V here. Also on the card, Bolsheviks over Killer Bees. Dino Bravo downing Coco Beware. To be aired on an international episode of Wrestling Challenge, we're going to see Brutus Beefcake over Greg Valentine on a DQ. Don Morocco and George Steele scoring a win over Butch Reed and the one-man gang. Match goes 18 minutes. Not pretty, folks. Also, Hulk Hogan teaming with Bam Bam Bigelow, scoring a win over the Million Dollar Man and bodyguard Virgil, Andre the Giant, in their corner. Now, post-match, Andre going to attack the baby faces, but wouldn't you know it, Hogan back in to clear the ring because Hogan must pose. I told you, I don't want to talk to you this week, Vince. As we continue on, WWF in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Meadowlands, a very special event here on March the 14th because it features a Royal Rumble. You heard me right, guys. It did so well back in January on TV. They're trying it out here again a couple of times on the house shows in the month of March. The Royal Rumble. Imagine if you had been a part of this one. Is there any video, any pictures out there? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. 
On the undercard, Young Stallions over Conquistadors. Don Morocco battling Rick Rude to a draw. Jake Roberts also taking Hercules to a double countout. It's the Heart Foundation over the Killer Bees. Strike Force defeating the Bolsheviks. Macho Man Randy Savage pinning the one-man gang. And Intercontinental Champion Honky Talk Man over Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So as you see, just a couple weeks before WrestleMania, we're slowly moving the Macho Man away from the Honky Talk Man here on the house shows. As we go on to the main event, the Royal Rumble, a 22-man Royal Rumble. Going to upgrade by a couple guys here. Jake the Snake Roberts scoring a win in this Royal Rumble match which reportedly goes 40 minutes and 38 seconds. Roberts last eliminating the Honky Tonk Man. After eliminating Rick Rude just a few moments before that, the final four in here were Jake Roberts, Rick Rude, Honky Tonk Man, and Ricky Steamboat. Wow. A Royal Rumble here in the Meadowlands, and we've still got one more coming, guys, so stay tuned. As the WWF also marched the 14th in Montreal, Quebec, at the Forum, in front of 18,000 fans. Boy, the Montreal fans just love them some wrestling as the show was held in honor of Mad Dog Vashon, whose right leg was amputated just five months earlier after that accident where he was struck by a car. Now, on the card here in Montreal, Gito Brito Jr. going to sub in here for David Sammartino. It's Brito Jr. over Barry Horowitz. Ladies Tag Team Champion Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. Coco Beware defeating Butch Reed. That may be an inclination of things to come. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Greg Valentine. Islanders defeating the British Bulldogs. Once again, on a DQ, Bulldogs caught using that invisible dog leash. Dino Bravo pinning Ken Patera, and in the main event in Montreal, well, you have to think he played at least some part in selling out that crowd. It's Hulk Hogan coming to town with Bam Bam Bigelow, defeating the team of Andre the Giant and the Million Dollar Man. As we continue on, we see identical results three nights in a row, March 15th through the 17th. Dayton, Ohio, Hera Arena, March the 15th. Pittsburgh, Kansas at the Pittsburgh State University, John Lance Arena on March the 16th. And then on March the 17th, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma at the Myriad, the old stomping grounds of the UWF. On the card, it was Brady Boone taking on Steve Lombardi, Yamazaki over Judy Martin, Norio Tateno defeating Leilani Kai, George Steele going up against Hercules, it's Islanders over Bulldogs on a DQ, Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Million Dollar Man, and in the main event, well, we go back to it again, Steel Cage action, Savage and Strike Force over Honky Tonk and the Hart Foundation. Also, March the 16th in Hartford, Connecticut at the Civic Center. Another Royal Rumble night, guys. Now, on the undercard, it was the Young Stallions over the Conquistadors, Coco Beware defeating Iron Mike Sharp, Bolsheviks over the Killer Bees, Beefcake over Valentine on a DQ, Rick Rude pinning Ricky Steamboat, Bam Bam Bigelow over Dino Bravo. And it was reportedly during this matchup, this throwaway match, with Dino Bravo, of all people, March the 16th, that Bam Bam Bigelow once again blows out his knee, forcing him to be removed from all shows moving forward up until WrestleMania. And isn't it ironic? We'll get to it in just a second. One more match here on the undercard sees the one-man gang pin Rock Don Morocco. Now, getting back to Bam Bam here, remember, he was part of the initial Royal Rumble match back in January, but he had to be pulled out due to that knee injury. And you have to wonder, was he originally scheduled to win that Royal Rumble event the way they were pushing him at the time? Well, here we go again. Bam Bam Bigelow on this card here in Hartford. And then he goes down with the bum knee earlier in the night, leaving Rick Rude, ravishing Rick Rude, scoring the win here in this 22-man Royal Rumble match. And they like to send the fans home happy in these situations. So you have to wonder, did Bam Bam foil himself twice? Was he supposed to win again here tonight and simply couldn't make the matchup? Either way, Rick Rude scoring a win. 
in another piece of history I'd love to see. 22-man Royal Rumble there in Hartford. As we continue on to the WWF in Worcester, Mass. at the Centrum. March the 17th. Now, we don't have results, but one match did stick out to me, so I wanted to mention it here. Greg Valentine battling Brutus Beefcake inside a steel cage. We hadn't got there before, so I thought it was important to touch on here. In Worcester on March the 17th, no results, so we move on to the WWF in Houston, Texas. At the Summit, March the 18th, in front of 7,500 fans. Not bad. On the card, it was Bad News Brown over Hillbilly Jim. Ravishing Rick Rude pinning Scott Casey, who was subbing in for Bam Bam Bigelow. Wow, Rude and Bigelow, that would have been fun. Instead, it's Rude over Scott Casey. Demolition defeating the Young Stallions. Don Morocco teaming with the Ultimate Warrior over the one-man gang in Butch Reed. It's Dangerous Danny Davis pinning Sam Houston. Junkyard Dog over Outlaw Ron Bass on a DQ. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan coming to town to team with the former Houston wrestling superstar, Ho! Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming back to the Houston territory here. It's Hulk and Duggan over Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant. As we continue on to Benton, Illinois at the Rich Harris Gym on March the 18th. Rich Harris Gym, Benton, Illinois. Something tells me C-Show. Let's take a look-see. Outback Jack over Dusty Wolf. Yep, good to see Outback here, at least reportedly anyway. Sika, the Wild Samoan, defeating Leaping Lanny Pafo. Rujo Brothers over the Conquistadors. Coco Beware, originally slated to take on the Iron Sheik, but Sheiky not here with the company any longer, so don't have any results for that one. Also on the card, Killer Bees versus Bolsheviks. Ken Patera likely losing to Dino Bravo. And main event, going to see Brutus Beefcake battle once again former partner Greg the Hammer Valentine. As we continue on, a pair of shows here, same results. Lake Charles, Louisiana, March the 19th, and then Lafayette, Louisiana, at the Cajun Dome on March the 20th in front of just 700 people. And I can kind of already see why. It's unfortunate some of the guys get put on this card, but let's take a look here. Hillbilly Jim over Sika on a countout. Killer Bees over the Bolsheviks. Ladies Tag Team Champions Bomb Angels over the Glamour Girls. So they're giving up on these ladies already, it seems. Sam Houston over Steve Lombardi. George the Animal Steel defeating King Harley Race. Poor King. Also, Macho Man Randy Savage coming to town here in Louisiana. He's going to score a pin over Hercules. And in the main event, or at least the final match of the night, it was supposed to be tag team title action, Strike Force versus Demolition. little precursor to WrestleMania, but Strike Force don't make it to these towns here in Louisiana. And instead, it's the Young Stallions defeating... Future tag team champions, Demolition. Again, you can't say they weren't troopers. And I kind of feel bad for the Macho Man being a part of these cards, but I also feel bad for the ladies, the Bomb Angels and the Glamour Girls. They're going to finish up their tour here with the WWF on March the 20th, and this is what they get. As we roll on March the 19th, Cape Girardeau, Missouri at the Show Me Center, another set of Superstars tapings. These episodes going to air between April 9th and April 23rd, so recording some of this more than a month early. Now, in a dark match, it's Canadian Lumberjack Joe LaDuke coming to town. Joe LaDuke scoring a win over Brady Boone. Also here in Cape Girardeau, set to air on primetime April the 11th, Greg the Hammer Valentine over Brady Boone. And then on primetime April 25th, going to see the one-man gang and outlaw Ron Bass, who is subbing here for Butch Reed. So even though this is being recorded on March the 19th, they already know Butch Reed's gone by WrestleMania, which is likely why he just jobbed a Coco a few house shows ago as well. But instead, it's One Man Gang and Ron Bass over Don Morocco and the Ultimate Warrior on a DQ after Junkyard Dog interferes, attacking outlaw Ron Bass. Remember, we got an upcoming feud between those two. We'll get to that in just a uh, few weeks' time here on The Grenade. Also part of these tapings, Brutus Beefcake versus Greg Valentine. 
It was supposed to be Rick Rude versus Jim Duggan, but it's noted Jim Duggan replacing Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event here, which we'll get to in just a moment as well. So Rick Rude, I don't know that he even had a dark match here. As we go to the main event, it's Hulk Hogan and Jim Duggan subbing for the injured Bam Bam Bigelow, Hulkster and Hacksaw over Andre and the Million Dollar Man. Hogan going to score the win with that big leg drop on Ted DiBiase. As we finish things out here, the final night of action. Before WrestleMania, it all takes place March the 20th in Springfield, Illinois at the Prairie Capital Convention Center. A set of wrestling challenge tapings to be aired between April 10th and April 24th. Also on the card for Primetime Wrestling April the 11th, going to be Coco Beware over Ravishing Rick Rude on a countout. Ah, the tables have turned, darkness. Remember, it wasn't long ago that Rick Rude beat Coco on a countout. Coco chased Bobby Heenan backstage, Heenan trying to steal Frankie. Well, this time it's Rick Rude chasing after the British Bulldogs, who are in turn chasing Bobby Heenan backstage. The Bulldogs saving Frankie from being birdnapped here in this one. And Rick Rude running backstage in an attempt to help out his manager, leaving Coco Beware with the win here, albeit on a countout. Also, as part of the challenge taping set to air on All-American April 17th, Junkyard Dog over Bad News Brown on a disqualification after Bad News loses his cool and headbutts referee Jimmy Corderas. Man, steel chains, headbutting referees, Bad News, just a different breed. Also here in Springfield, it was Jake Roberts versus Outlaw Ron Bass. And in the final match of the night, Hacksaw once again subbing for Bam Bam Bigelow. Duggan got a team with Hulk Hogan to defeat the Million Dollar Man and Andre the Giant. And that's going to wrap up the house shows here. WWF going to go silent for the next week leading into WrestleMania for March the 27th. And since the WWF won't return on the road after WrestleMania until the end of April, they've got their TV tapings all set up to air through the weekend of April 23rd and the 24th. And again, remember, they do kick off the month of April, a three-day tour of Europe, or at least Switzerland and Italy anyway. But outside of that, WrestleMania 4 is all we've got for the next month plus here. But again, the WWF such a machine that it was at the time, getting a second set of tapings out here in March to cover the month of April. So as fans at home, we never noticed. But that will indeed wrap everything up here this week on The Grenade, guys. Kind of a light week, and I love it. Could use one of those every now and then. As when we return next week, we begin the month of March TV here in 1988 WWF. The final four weeks of TV leading in to WrestleMania 4 and smack dab in the middle, another edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. And there it is. All roads lead to WrestleMania 4 next week. We're back with two weeks of March TV. Two weeks from now, it's Saturday Night's Main Event. Then from there, another two weeks of WWF TV here in the month of March, all setting up a two-part special WrestleMania 4 right here on The Grenade. Going to have some special guests. I know Jamie Ward already chomping at the bit. He wants to be part of it. Jamie actually attended WrestleMania 4, so he has some stories to share. And you guys, rest assured, you've heard my WrestleMania 3, the definitive edition. I'm working very hard on my research for WrestleMania 4. Hope you guys have a blast when we get there. But we've got a lot of business to get through before we do. And it all begins next week in March 88, WWF TV. No doubt the hard sell for the big WWF title tournament going to continue on but also some fun things involving the Ultimate Warrior and Hercules. We'll have to see if Demolition make their presence felt leading into their big tag team title match at WrestleMania with Strike Force. And there's no doubt in my mind that IC champion Hockey Talk Man going to try to play a little mind games here with his next challenger, Brutus Beefcake. So looking forward to all of that and so much more. Can't wait to get into it next week here on The Grenade Guys March TV. 
But until then, just a quick reminder, you can check out all the great podcasts over at WrestleCopia.com. See what we have there, and you can listen to them on your favorite podcast streaming app, of course. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on those streaming apps if you guys have a moment. I'd really appreciate it. It certainly helps the brand more than you guys even know. And don't just leave the five-star rating. Leave a sentence or two. Tell us what you like about our programming here at WrestleCopia, and I'll be sure to give you a shout-out right here on whichever is your favorite show. And of course, as always, you guys can follow me on social media. It's not just news about WrestleCopia, but I post all sorts of great historical videos and pictures from throughout wrestling history there. You can find me on X, formerly Twitter, at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. We're closing in on 10,000 followers right now there on Facebook, so I'd love for you to be one of them. And of course, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash wrestling grenade and last but certainly not least would love to have you as a patron over at patreon.com slash wrestlecopia that address again patreon.com slash wrestlecopia talking about that five dollar all access tier get you an insane amount of gifts guys for just five bucks and really i'm just doing it to help fund the bills here to keep the fun going and i just dropped in here three hundred dollar web hosting bill for another year so as i said at the top of the program i could use your support now more than ever But with all of that said, going to be back next week, more March WWF. This time we're headed off to the television product, more superstars wrestling challenge primetime and beyond as we continue to get closer to this year's WrestleMania. But for now, this is Ray Russell saying from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the wrestling memory grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. six-man tag ever in the steel case. The World Wrestling Federation is going to take three steps backwards and four steps to the side when they see what I do to the honky-tonk man. I've had a promise from the strike force that I'm going to get you, man. Yeah, I'm going to get you real, real, real bad.